What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. D-Boy, would you rather spend the rest of your life with an ugly partner that has a well-established career or a fine-ass daddy with no coupe? <laughs> Take your time. Like, he'll never get any coupe? I can't make that I motherfucker mean... get a job? I mean, possibly when once you marry him. I mean, how ugly are we talking here? Like, whatever. <laughs> I don't want to say no names. No, on I just up to interpretation. Just uh, yeah. So an ugly zat, an ugly zaddy with a nice career. I mean, this, good job. This this question is uh, superficial all the, all the way around, <laughs> right? Because right? beauty oh, is fine, zaddy. Beauty is skin deep, but probably the fine daddy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, since we're talking about, you know, um, you know, we're just talking about what? superficial shit. That's <laughs> <laughs> not what I really, really would. You're really? only giving me those options. I'd probably pick the, the, the fine one. Really? Yeah. I mean, because... You okay with that, a little couch bum? The ugly one with the career... <laughs> then, then I'm, I'm just fucked you up just, all the way you're just around. Happy, huh? I'm just fucked up all the way around. It's like not happy. It's like <laughs> even that money's not making me happy. Let alone your looks. It's like no, it's not gonna work. <laughs> what about you? No, don't just. Is this your question to me? Huh? Oh, uh, let's just go off that uh, one. What about you? Um, I would pick the ugly partner with a career. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? I don't know. I just feel like. So you don't have to work. <laughs> right. So I don't have to work. You just put a pillow and, over her you face. Know, I'm hoping that if he's ugly, he probably has a beautiful. That's what I'm hoping for. Maybe his personality will kind of take over. So I didn't mention that. So we're hoping. My hope is that he is really nice on the inside and caring and more loving versus because once you have a fine ass daddy that's, their mentality is a little different their mentality is like I can get whatever I want damn, just make my food go over here do this like you know like they'll throw that you know I can get this from anyone else right versus my ugly little partner's like maybe I'll do whatever you know it's like, <laughs> what, you, I'll cook girl come here let me massage your feet you know you have fine ass dad like go do it yourself you so you got an ugly bitch <laughs> <laughs> keep an ugly bitch keep down. A, you know, like, <laughs> I would rather have one because she would already think of me like, you know, fine ass daddy's going to think like he's the the top of the world and it's like hey, really. fine ass daddy can think all he wants because shit, I'm, I'm a fine motherfucker too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, welcome to For The Cultures Podcast. Thank you for tuning in this one from Monday morning, afternoon, or evening. I'm one of your hosts, Bex Bumble. What it do, Kaipu? It's your host, D-Boy. Hey, we're excited to t- get lost in a few conversations today. Um, this is um, Alcohol Awareness Month. And we have a few things to talk about when it comes to that, huh, Danny Boy? Yeah. Yeah. But... Also, National uh, Poetry Month. Oh. Right, which our ICUs are dedicated to. So. Yeah. So, um, do you do any poetry, D-Boy? I've never asked you that before. I tried before. You, you've tried before? Yeah. You know, I like to write. 
I I I even I used to write back in the day, but I, and I tried performing, but I don't think it was, it was for me the whole performance part. Yeah, the delivery it's it's different. It's like everybody has a different style. Yeah, yeah. That what, what I appreciate too, you know. But I think as I've gotten older and you know I've I've also heard folks you know who criticize poets and spoken word artists and I kind of laugh at it. Yeah, because it's like oh dang that is kind of true, but. Nonetheless, you know there is such a uh, there is power in in poetry and spoken yeah. word, and I'm always so moved. Yeah. By so many artists, so I have a real respect for it. Right. Which is why I don't call myself uh, a poet or anything like that. Like I try, you know, everybody writes. But you do write poems. You just don't. Yeah, I don't like put it out. Put there. it out there. I try to be an artist, but yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. I think the same. Wouldn't I say the same about you? Yeah, no, that that gift skipped me. You know, a lot of people say you have a voice for spoken word. Like I can hear that you do. voice, but I don't. I don't. You get me my my, my pen game when it comes to spoken word. I've tried several times. Uh-huh. No, it skipped me hundred <laughs> percent. I'm not trying no more. That I'm not gonna waste my time. Listen, I've accepted that. That's not my gift. If I have some ghostwriters out there that want to go ahead and write some poems for me <laughs> and want to use my voice, I will take that. But it's um. Like, just kind of, like, listening into a lot of poets throughout this whole week, I, w- I was just, like, intrigued with a lot of different styles. Because you're right. It's, like, everyone has a different delivery. Yeah. Like, I love, um, I love, I mean, I guess some, I guess I would call them the seasoned poets because I can, because I, just doing some history on some of the poets that I like, they've been doing it for years. Like, they have, like, these perfect pause moments. You know, for us to kind of have like that Ceylon moment where we sit mm-hmm. and reflect and think. And I really love when they take advantage of that pause moment in every poem. So it's like, I like that, you know. Some, some poems, some poets, not saying that it's not good, but some poets just kind of like fly by fast, you know. Mm-hmm. Because they're so passionate and excited and maybe because they don't want to forget. Yeah. So I don't know how it is. But I love the ones who literally walk us through the emotion and the feeling at in in the midst of them reciting their poetry. So, Word. like, it's been pretty dope. You know, I'm glad that you, that we're having a conversation today about um, alcohol, right? Cause oh, yeah. It's alcohol? Alcohol Awareness Awareness Month, yeah. right? And just thinking about poetry and the clip we played last week mm. from uh, Will... Will Giles? 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 Yes. Sorry if we got your name wrong. Oh bro. my gosh, help us Lord. But just the clip that we played, uh, which was titled Ursula, and you can also find that um, the video to that clip in our episode notes from the last one, but just how he was talking about um, alcoholism, mm. right? And in his family and what it means to him. Just the way he broke it down, oh my God, it was like, it was so gut wrenching because, wow, like for me personally, I could identify with what he was talking about. Just, wow. you know, just like he was equating, um, alcoholism with like, or his alcoholism with, um, wanting to die, right, with like suicide and, wow, just how just how deep it got. Like that's that's the power of poetry, right? Where folks are able to express themselves to heal right you know to um share their story um it's it's it's, it's just another form of storytelling so yes really, yeah absolutely. i'm really glad we're gonna go there we're gonna celebrate all of these you know these themes of um yeah. this month of april and we'll do our best to highlight all the the great 
PI poets out there, you know, because we yeah. know there's a lot. I think there's I think so you, many out there. And you put me on. I was like, I knew a few, but when I was doing my research, I was like, oh my gosh, we have yeah, we a out lot. There. Yeah. I did not know that. I was like, Shot. maybe we can get uh, Afro Tana back over here. She can spit yeah. some live for us. We'll make sure she has her youth. You hear that call to action, Daisha? <laughs> <laughs> Afrotain it. But shout out to Kiana last last episode. She did a phenomenal job bringing yeah. that tea. Yeah. Man, how was yeah. the feedback? The feedback was pretty good. It, it, uh, it was pretty dope. A lot of folks um, related to the episode and were really glad that we had that conversation. Right. You know, some folks had uh, some interesting perspectives, but a lot of folks really resonated and were able to connect with us as well as Kiana. Right. Which I'm just super grateful for, you know? Yeah. We could have went, we could have kept going, right? We could have unpacked different layers of that conversation of what what does it mean to be Samoan, Yeah. And it's also awesome to get that, like that first on validation from somebody that we respect that's so in tune with our culture for her to validate us and say, no, you guys are Samoan all the way, like regardless of whatever, you know, and it's like, yeah. Thank you, Kiana. She's, she's from <laughs> our generation, right? right? You know, like, like, Kiana, thank you. Because we, we kind of we got confused in this whole thing. Or at least I know I was. So Me too. Yeah. Sheesh. It was good to have that um, that validation. Yeah. Because you know? even before, you know, when she told us when she was on the on the show uh, earlier on, you know, she was validating us like, nah, y'all just someone. I know. I mean, someone. Like, you're not someone-ish. There's... The, you have a different set of experiences. And right. after that, that first time, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. But, right. you know, just kept going on about it. But just having more time to think and being able to, like, process and have more folks on the episode or spend more time with folks, like Yuki, right? Right, like, yeah. It really did help deepen how we could find uh, strength in our identity right. as our version of Samoan. Absolutely. So, we could go on and on and on. But, you know, as we do, which we always got to get into, is we got to uh, ground ourselves in the episode, offer up a blessing of, you know, some yes. words, some quotes or whatever. Um, and I have the opportunity to do that for us this time around. And something I, I wanted to really ground us in yeah. for this episode is, you know, um, they just had Nipsey Hussle's... Uh, Homegoing service, right. and you know everybody was tuned in. I was at work <laughs> tuned right. in, and it was just beautiful to see everyone unite. Right, right, from local folks in LA and folks coming from other places just to be there. Right. And something that I want to zo- uh, zoom in on to ground us is that. When Lauren London delivered her eulogy, mm, her speech, I know she said something so profound that really stuck to me, mm. um, and I want us all to, you know, just really think about that and, you know, ground ourselves in it. That she said, Nipsey always told her, "You can't possess people; mm. you can only experience them." And she really, prof professed how grateful she was to have experienced Nipsey. Right. And that just sung to me so much that, you know, it's true. That is absolutely true. It's so true true that, like, you know, thinking about relationships, thinking about friendships, partnerships, whatever, what have you, like, 
we can't possess people. All we can do, we possess, we control ourselves. Right. Right. All we can do is experience others. Exactly. And that really made me feel so grateful that I have been um, so blessed. Right. And so honored to experience so many great people in my life. Absolutely. Um, and I, I just... I just really feel grateful to be able to experience you. Right. Partner. Thank you. Likewise. You know, I go yeah, through this experience same, with right. you. You know, yeah. I, uh, we we have a partnership here. And, yeah. You know, we're we're finding our footing and we're 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 really making our mark. Right. But we there's only I can't control everything. Right. All right. I can do is control myself. But. I get to experience you. I get to experience this with you. Right. Um, and just so many other folks out there that I, I love and appreciate. And I'm so glad that I get to experience them. Right. And if I do, you know, uh, one day get that uh, fine zaddy or... <laughs> <laughs> Couch daddy zaddy. Or even the ugly motherfucker. You right. know, anybody. You know, who knows? But I will always keep that in mind that I can't possess... People. I can't possess people. I can only experience, experience them. them. So. That was, you know, it's funny because that was one of the things that stuck to me too. That like changed everything. Because after I sat with myself and I wrote it down in my book, and I'm like, dang, even with my family, like they're not my possession. Yes. You know, like if they leave, they leave. I just got to remember that the experiences I had with them. Are what are is what I possess, yeah, you know. Yeah. So the experience is my possession, but not them as a whole, as, as a, a being. Yeah. Right, like. Yes. And uh, yeah, Lauren London, she just. I mean so that that strong. was that was wisdom from Nipsey. Right. <laughs> and it's just um, it it's 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 an eye opener because I have always looked at almost every loved one, close person as possession. Yeah. You know, Me too. and that's why it hits us harder. That's mm -hmm. why we have a harder time letting go because we feel like that's our possession. Like, yeah. you cannot go, you know? And so. I get very territorial. Exactly. Just real stank. I could be real stank. <laughs> you know, because I, I could be. That part. I could be a jealous motherfucker too, but that's because I feel like I, that's that's mine. Super resentful. Yeah. Just, and it ain't even got to be all like that. It doesn't. Like, let it go. Like, bruh. Be cool. I know. You don't that you don't possess those people. But when you're hit with that revelation, dang, from Nips to, to through Lauren, it's like Lauren Lauren handled that well. She was like, I'm grateful for the experience. Yeah. Like everything that she has now through the through experiencing Nipsey, she, she's jackpot right now for wisdom. Like he, I'm sure she, he unraveled everything Word. to her. So now she carries all, she's like the storehouse of Nipsey's wisdom, you know? So yeah. she is like, yeah, that one was a powerful quote. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. That one is really good. <sighs> Bruh. Man, man, that bro was pretty, that was a that, quick bro. You good? You about to, I'm you seem like you got something on your chest. <laughs> I uh I'm I'm about to take a page uh from Kiana's tea time. It's about to get oh, spicy in this motherfucker. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All I got to say is fuck you, <laughs> Israel. Close your ears, Ginger. Izzy Folau. You <laughs> stupid motherfucker. Did did you please enlighten us again? I mean, did you, I read did you that hear about this shit? Yeah, I read it, but enlighten the people if they haven't let caught me, on game. Hey, let me let me give a shout out real quick to your sister. <laughs> 
my homie. <sighs> we ain't even met Factors yet. Factors mom. Factors mom. What's up, Rosie? <laughs> <laughs> she put a, she put me on to this, right? Because she sent it to our DMs. So if y'all are unfamiliar, Izzy Folau um, is a rugby player in Australia, right? Mm-hmm. And not just an average one, too. Right, like top bill. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most, the highest paid um, rugby players, right, in the league. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so this fool tweeted. Hold on, let me pull this shit up real quick. Izzy posted up on his Instagram. It, it says, warning, drunks, homosexuals, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves, atheists, and idolaters. Hell awaits you. Repent. Only Jesus saves. Oh, wait. I was going to put only Jesus saves us. Only Jesus saves. Well, too bad Jesus can save your job, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so, yeah, he, you know, he was under fire because... Um, because of this tweet, right? The the league was looking at terminating his contract, pulling him from the league because of his because, homophobic remark. Right. And just just his overall like fucking what do you call that? His uh condemnation yeah. of everyone and anybody who's fucking come on, really drunks. Homosexuals, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves, atheists. Like, so you Atheist. mean you ain't done any of these things? You ain't never lied. Huh? You ain't never drank before. Right. I mean, maybe. You ain't he, never maybe, stole some well, shit. Well, maybe he's never done that. So, we don't. But know. maybe he has. Oh, uh, yeah. But this type of shit, you know, like just this kind of fucking. That's really bold. This type of ignorance, mm-hmm. right? It, it It's so fucking irritating because. Who the fuck are you to point the finger at anybody? Right. You know what I mean? And, and so in the um in the different articles that I've seen, right? A lot of a lot of uh heat was given to him because of the homophobic remarks. Right. Because I think this is not the first time he spoke out against um against the LGBT community. Really? Right. I guess he's 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 been very vocal about not not fucking with with queers. Mm. Right. But this recent post like got so much publicity. I've seen uh, so many people posting about it on social media. Even Yuki, you know, posted Ooh. about it. Shout out to Yuki because Yuki posted up the Yuki. cover of uh, Samoan Queer Lives and was like, "This is for you, Izzy." Hey, Izzy I was busting up. But just he just received so much heat because of it that I, I as think, he should. I think they actually pulled his contract and is no longer um, a part is of the league. Is that like legit? Like, did they really do that? Yeah, that's what this article says here. Um, but just just thinking about like how there, he also has so many supporters, right? I think somebody put a letter out, you know, trying to advocate for him and. Advocate for him keeping his job, saying that it's free speech. Free speech? Right. It's free speech and that he should be able to share his... uh, Opinion? His opinion and his views. But, bruh, that shit ain't fucking free speech. That's hate speech. Right? You know what I mean? 
So, I mean, I don't know. That shit was just fucking irritating. This, I don't know. This article, know. yeah, from CNN, it says Australian rugby star Israel Folau set to get dumped over homophobic social media. Okay, so it's not it's not for sure yet, but it's on the it's on the it's route the to being terminated. Yeah, which he should, you know. And there's also there's also people saying like, oh, you know, that's that's not um. That's not fair that he's losing his job just for speaking out against gays. Right? What <coughs> kind of foolery is that? It's some fuckery. Uh, you know what? I know a lot of um, football players, even basketball players, who are super deep in their faith. Never have I ever seen any of them. Tim Tebow, he does not do anything. He has never done anything like that. Very, very deep in his faith Christ- mm-hmm, as Christian. Mm-hmm. He's never condemned, never put anything like that. So, oh my gosh. It, you can't say, you can't say, well, um, all these like sports or, you know, actors or Hollywood people are, are just using their platform to kind of have their freedom of speech. No, that's not a, they, that's hate speech. A, yeah, that's a hate speech. That's an ignorant thing to do. Like, that's not it, a, opinion or like being it's not free. very uh christian like either yeah you know what i mean that part <laughs> right i mean fuck it the that whole shit just made me think about like how evangelicals can be right, right. how how fucking um condemning they are right to people it made me think about um there's a pastor out there in tonga that i learned about through that film like these and waiting that really mm-hmm. speaks out against the LGBT community in Tonga, the the Leiti society in Tonga, and just how they're influencing so many people to have that same type of mindset, right? And so for Izzy to put this shit out there, like it just reaffirms the hate for the queer community, which fucking crawl, you know, just gets under my skin because it's like we we can move. 10 steps forward and be taken 100 steps back just because folks are ignorant. Come on, Izzy. Folks are hateful, you know, and I think even just beyond Izzy, right? Like, this shit pissed me off because it's like there's so many people out there who, you know, like, who agree with this shit. Right. And it's it's just fucking, it's irritating as fuck. Right. I can't speak for every church, but every church carries a different doctrine. And I don't know, like, I mean, from what I see and have read on his page, like, it seems like he comes from, like, the, what they call the Holy Roller movement, which are... What's that? What's the Holy Roller? Which are, they are, like, the people who go out there and condemn, condemn, condemn anybody in off-site. If you see, like, two girls holding hands, two guys holding hands, you guys are going to hell. One person holds a smoking cigarette. You're going to hell. <laughs> anybody in with an alcohol substance, you're going to hell. It's like oh, someone it's working at jihad, you know, like, wearing uh, the, you know, just any Muslim attire. You're yeah. going to hell. Everything is going to hell. It's like, and if you're not living a life that's worthy of A, B, C, and D, you're going to hell. It's like... They they will literally position themselves outside of bars or outside of like um, just big events like stadiums or where people are 
you know, with families, enjoying themselves. Of course, we're going to have a drink, enjoy, but they will just be out there just being killjoys and just doing, saying, you guys are going to hell, oh, idolatries, homosexuality. They they preach that message. Yeah. And it sounds like from what he posted, like he comes from that type of church teaching, you know, like if you don't do this, if you don't live this lifestyle, you're going to hell. When we miss the whole point of the bigger picture is that mm-hmm. one that the, well, everything you're preaching does not sound like the God that that I hear from other great pastors that I follow. That God is love, right? God is understanding. He's forgiving. He he's he he's a he's a he's a one that can, his love you know covers a multitude of sins. It's like that's you know like it contradicts the God, the greater God that we hear from great pastors like T D Jakes and like Tor Roberts or like just all these phenomenal um, world renowned pastors who have never used condemning messages like that it's like why would i want to follow this dude when i have all these other great leaders that preach love hope kindness forgiveness acceptance you know it's like come on bro where's your it's just they're just i don't know yeah, uh, he's the Fwami of the day. He's the Fwami. Might be of the year. You're the, you're the Fwami of the week, You're bro. the Fwami of the, of the year. I feel like he's going to be the year, huh? <laughs> if someone tops him, that'll be a miracle. Yeah, what a fucking Bro, but you're the Fwami of the... Say his name one more time. Is he Fwami? Is he, he You're the Fwami you of, of the week. week Fwami of the year, bro. Fwami <laughs> of the few years if you don't get your <laughs> shit together, bro. If you don't put out an apology letter. Okay. All I got to say is he fall out. Ufa. That wasn't an ICU. Oh, we have a new segment called Is he fall out? Ufa. Motherfucker. Oh, Lordy, Lord, Lord. <sighs> Speaking to um, more uplifting. <laughs> yeah, let's do some uplifting shit. We want to recognize um, in our ICU segment. Um, a group, an organization out there in South Auckland. It's called the South Auckland Poets Collective. Um, I believe what I read was is that they are a group of people from all over Auckland who are passionate about poetry. They do two main things, performance poetry and workshops and empowering young people in workshops. Um, let me see. One thing I really loved about what I read here is that... Um, this idea actually came out of a youth development program ran by Grace Taylor, who is one of the co-founders, Dope. and Ramon Narayan. I hope I'm saying it right. And there was a third person named Darren Kamali, and the name just stuck. So it carried on because people kept asking, when's our next meeting? When's our next gig? And it sort of organically evolved into what it is, and that was in 2008. But, um, yeah. One thing I love about this collective is that they are they are all about the youth and empowering the youth and yes. trying to utilize them and trying to finding their gifts whether it's whether it's um, in poetry or in any other arts. So um, yeah, shout out to South Auckland um, Poetry Collective for that. You know, like it, it's more than um, it's more than poetry for them, and it's a huge move, movement right now. Right. Like they just recently had their. Um, let me see. Let me pull this up real quick. We don't need a pause for this, but uh, Grace she she posted that they recently had a their ten year um, anniversary exhibition. Uh, congratulations! Um, I know, right? And it was, it was called Between the Pages, 
and it was on April 4th and 5th. And it was, um, yeah, just a bunch of great poets just representing in their arts and craft. And they, they she, she named all the features, but it was directed by Grace, who is a phenomenal poet. Um, she's also an advocate. She's also a mother. She's just a great poet that I feel like I want to highlight next week because I want to really kind of highlight her poems just as individual poet. So, yeah, but this is uh, one of the collectives that she put together with a few other people. But it's an awesome, awesome, awesome thing that's happening out there. And she also started, um, from what I believe, she started, uh, what else, Grace... She co-founded, she co-founded the Rising Voices Poetry Slam, which is the first poetry slam in the country. That was the first one in the country. Out there in Aotearoa, yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, and she co-founded that one called the Rising Voices. That's what's up. How dope is that? So, yeah, our ICU is definitely one. We want to recognize South Auckland Poets Collective, everyone who is under that collective or in that collective. We want to say, I see you. From a young age, I was learned, I was taught that the color of my skin is what defines me. I see posters saying that the color of my skin makes me special, and I have people tell me that I'm lucky that I'm brown, for it means I don't have to worry about tanning. I've been told the color of my skin, the shade that you see, makes me beautiful. But I've also learned that the color of my skin shouts who I am before I even have time to introduce myself. Well, I hate the color of my skin. Hate is a strong word, yes I agree, but the way that I feel about the color of my skin is stronger than the glue that keeps the paint on the flesh attached to my bones. You see, this shade betrays me. The shade puts me in places I don't belong. The shade gets me labels I don't earn. The shade shapes and molds and builds who I am, who you think I am. The shade stains the way you see me. The shade makes me a criminal. The shade makes me uncomfortable. The shade makes you uncomfortable. I make you uncomfortable. Good. Feel how uncomfortable I am as I endlessly scrape your expectations off while trying to escape the handcuffs that prevents me from washing off the judgment that you've painted onto my hands. Feel how painful it is when you endlessly stab labels I don't want into me, labels that don't define me. Feel how excruciating it is when you endlessly try to shape and mold my body to how you think I should look based on the shade that you see. For where you see a shield, I see expectations. Where you see beauty, all I see are stereotypes. I'm forever deep in conversation with the mirror as we debate over how I truly feel about what it shows me. And suddenly it pulls me in and I'm falling and I'm spinning and I'm falling and I'm spinning and I'm falling and spinning. And I think I'm losing my mind! But how can you lose something that was never really yours? I have to pay rent to live in my own body. My body isn't even my own anymore for I have strangers painting my portrait and to them it's art. But to me, it's a crime. This, this is how I feel as I walk in this shade. A shade that I actually love. I love the color of my skin. Love is a strong word, yes, I agree, but the way that I feel about the color of my skin is stronger than the glue that keeps this paint on the flesh attached to my bones. 
I love the way that it makes me feel more connected to my ancestors. I love how it strengthens the bond between my cousins and I. I love how it's taught me things that I could never learn in the classroom. I love the way that it's reminded me of the pathway my grandmother used to lead me down to church. I love the color of my skin, but fuck I'm over it defining me. So in honor of Alcohol Awareness Month, I wanted to bring up a few uh, statistics before we uh, kind of get into the conversation. Right now, uh, with the recent studies, it says that over 86% of people greater than 18 years old will drink at some point in their life. Alcohol pretty much affects us negatively, like our health, families, relationships, and work. A CDC studies, which is the public health data and statistics, um, released some sobering statistics. One was alcohol-related deaths are the third leading cause of death in the United States. That's one. There is one death every 51 minutes from a motor vehicle that had an alcohol uh, um, user behind it. 40% of violent crimes are committed by people under the influence. Mm. Lastly, this one kills me. Alcohol kills more teens than all illegal drugs put together. You got that from the CDC? From the CDC. Damn. Website. That's the most recent from what I've heard. So, yeah, if you guys want to look more into that, it's the public health data and statistics info from the U.S. Center for Disease for Disease Control and Prevention. But, yeah, that last one, man. Yeah. Or even 40% of violent crimes are committed by people under the influence. Yeah, I mean. That's facts. I mean, yeah. I can believe that. A lot of these statistics is like, fuck. And even the motor... There is one. There is one death every fifty-one minutes from a motor vehicle. That's wild. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So, kind of want to get into this discussion of like you know first kind of defining alcoholism. What is an alcohol? What is an alcoholic? And what is an alcohol abuser? You know. Okay. So I'll break down some definitions, and maybe you can add on to it. Okay. But um, alcoholism is an addiction to the consumption of alcohol, liquor, or to the mental illness and compulsive behavior resulting from alcohol dependency. The difference between the difference, the biggest difference between alcoholism and alcohol abuse is that addiction is a disease that affects all areas of a person's life. Yeah. Now, the definition of alcohol abuse is a pattern of drinking that results in harm to one's health, interpersonal relationships, or ability to work. Now, what do you think of those two definitions? Do you, what's your definition of alcoholism? Uh, you mean like alcoholics? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Or if some I, person who's addicted to alcohol. Yeah. I mean, alcohol. I, I feel like alcoholics. Your the definition you gave for alcoholism and the definition of alcohol abuse. I feel like they're one and the same. Mm, mm. You know what I mean? Because someone. Well, actually, let me um, also push back a little bit on this term, alcohol abuse, mm. because working. I work very closely with um, alcohol and other drugs, mm. right? Which is a division of uh, within BHRS. Yeah, AOD. Right? Uh huh. Yeah. With uh, behavioral health and recovery services, right. they have the a- AOD team, 
And I believe that folks are steering away from the term alcohol abuse mm. and using the term substance reliance, mm. which are really, uh, or no, I don't know if it's actually, I think it's um, substance dependency. Okay. Right? Because the reframing of it makes it hit much harder. Yeah. Right? Where alcohol abuse sounds like, well, for one, it's, you know, using the word abuse. Thank you. Um, and I think folks are trying to steer away from that because of the, you know, the domestic violence. Right, work. right. But also because thinking about somebody abusing alcohol means like, oh, they want to they want to do it. They 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 uh, they get a kick out of just drinking. Right. It's, it's something right. habitual that they do, that they're conditioned to do. Whereas if they frame it under substance dependency, that shit fucking hits in a way where it's like people cannot operate if they do not have, um, if they do not engage in the substance of their choice, right? And this this case being alcohol, they depend on it to be able to function. They depend on it to be able to cope, to to get through life, and they need it. Facts. They need it to exist. And yeah. That, and even just the reframing of yeah. um, of substance dependency, it fucking tugs at my heart because right. I have family members who I, you know, I love dearly. Right. But they depend on alcohol to right. to have a good time to to live, right? right. To, to exist and it's just it's it's also very um it's also very difficult because you want better for them. You want better for people, but mm -hmm. just thinking about you know the the quote earlier, right? Like we can want that for people, but they gotta want that for themselves. Right. We can't control. We can't control them. Right. You know. So I. I don't know. I just right. wanted. I just wanted to put that out. No, there. that's. I. I like that. I would actually use that term. Yeah, substance dependency. dependency. It, it. It makes more sense. It gives like a deeper kind of like definition to like versus alcohol abuse. You know. Yeah, and I think even for alcoholics, and thinking about what what it means to be an alcoholic. And how you defined um, here within alcoholism as an addiction to the consumption of alcohol or liquor, right? Or the mental illness and compulsive behavior resulting from alcohol dependency. dependency See, it's right. right there. Yeah, you know, just like equating it with a mental illness, like it's it's something in our brain that's wired that makes us want to. Uh, or, or need to be dependent or um, reliant right. on this substance. And I feel like these two are the same thing. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Because alcoholics... Do you, would you say that an, a substance dependency person... I mean, do you think that type of person craves and wants alcohol every day versus because I see an al alcoholisms or alcoholics as um, or, or a person who struggles with alcoholism that they crave it they need it they need it now like it's like something that they just it, it's a it's a fiend versus someone who is um, substance dependency it's more of like when I'm having a bad day I need it when shit's funny in my relationship I need you know it's like only when when things are like kind of off in their life they need it but it's not like 
like those who are addicted to it, like it has morning, noon, and night, they always have to be drunk. I think it's the same, though. You still think it's the same? I think it's the same because an alcoholic, you know, I, I think what you just described is, is kind of, they're, they're the same thing. Really? Because an alcoholic, you know, will will crave it, will need it daily. Right. Right. And someone who's dependent on the substance, uh, who's dependent on alcohol, will also need it daily. Whether it's good or bad or it's fucking Wednesday. You know what I mean? Like they're, <laughs> Or a uh, turn of thir- thirsty Thursdays. Or, or, or it's Sunday, right? They're going right. to need a little bit extra on Sunday. <laughs> but I feel like they would, they would, um, yeah, I feel like they're the same. Because really? they, they need it. Yeah, like I, I, I feel like an alcoholic is someone who always, always, drinks would Uh you call me an alcoholic then at one point in my life see i'm i i literally started drinking like in my when i was like 23 like i had my first drink and i became a social drinker ever since Uh very like one two three drinks that's all when i go out but i i just really never enjoyed it but i just kind of like that little feeling that little buzz but that was it yeah but um there was a t- there were certain times in my life where I went to alcohol mm-hmm. for more of a suppressor, and um, I just I, I would just kind of just drink and drink and drink and to drink. cope. Yeah, drink to cope. But it was, you know, like would you call that some? Would you call me an addict at that point? Someone who struggles with alcoholism because I didn't go to drink all the time, uh-huh. but I during that season of me going through some shit. I mean, if I had prolonged that season, I probably could have turned into an alcoholic. True. But it was probably a good maybe one, two, three months max where I was just kind of like every weekend just turning up because of some shit that I did not know how to cope through. Mm-hmm. Would you call that an alcoholic? Cause, or where does that fall in? Does that, does that even fall into substance dependency? I mean... I wouldn't know. That's a question I'm putting out there. I that's, mean, to me, maybe you can help me process that. Yeah, I mean, to me, that sounds like emotional drinking. Yes. Right, where, y- yeah, you you weren't dependent on alcohol, right? You Before even you were going through what you were going through. Right. And, and drank a lot, right? Like, yeah. You had, you, you drank, it sounded like you drank responsibly. Yeah. Right? But I, I also can relate to what you're describing because um, just... You know, going through things, drinking helps suppress mm-hmm. the shit that you're feeling, right? I just, yeah. I, just, I mean, honestly, I was fucked up last night <laughs> <laughs> because I was, I was just having a hell of a week and I was like, right. fuck, I can't wait to go out and Aww. get fucked up yeah. and just have a good time because it hel- it can help, like, de-stress. Yeah, right? yeah. And, you know, I know I've been on this this hype of, you know, trying not to drink and, and not do, you know, all this other shit because it just led down a, a, a different road, right? Like, right. I am being as responsible as, as I can be, but I'm also not depending on it to survive. But I am drinking because I'm emotional. Right. And I will own up to that. And do you, I, I feel like it's different, you know? like Do you know how to stop? Like when you have, like some okay. So I I've had this issue before. I'm better, much better now. But the, I remember that when I used to drink, yeah, have one, two, three. I I used to, I used to be like now I'm good, 
But before I used to be like one, two, three. I need more. Yeah. <laughs> and I need more and more and more and uh, more until I'm blackout. <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, there are times when I do know when to stop, and there are times when I don't, and just want to keep going. I mean, my, you know, I have my my drinking partners that when we would go to the bars, we would close that motherfucker down, and we would always laugh and recognize like. We gotta stop doing this shit, right? Because we always come through, and you know we're, we're drinking and drinking and drinking. We close this shit down. We build, you know, we build a camaraderie with the bartenders <laughs> and the bar owners, and we just get in good to where it's like we can even kick it after the bar closes and drink a little bit more. Nah. You know what I mean? But and so it's a good time. It's fun, and it's all this and that. But like, there are still you know those nuances of drinking that like yeah, it, it can harm. Right. You know, we can harm uh, someone else. You know, like we need to make sure right. we have a designated driver or right. okay, we catch an Uber. Hold on, I know this is kind of side of like. I mean, this I don't want to like you know take away from the the severity of like you know uh, alcohol awareness month, but like kind of want to. I, w- I want to hear some stories. Like, what's your craziest drunk story? Oh. <laughs> like that you had that was like, I cannot believe, but I was so shit face drunk that this happened. Like, oh my god, give me one, give me one. I'll give you one. I'll give you a funny ass <laughs> one. Oh my god, and this has to do with my sister Flo. Oh, I mean, she rest in rest in, in love. beautiful heaven. Yes. Oh my sister. So. Um, <laughs> It was my birthday. I, I don't know which birthday it was, but we was at the house. In at, in L.A.? In Carson, yeah. Okay. At, we was at Cesar's house, and we was playing, King, I think we were playing King's Cup. We was doing some, but everybody was drinking beer, but my, mm-hmm. my motherfucking ass wanted to drink Hennessy, and so every time I had to drink, Look at you. I was taking a swig of the bottle, right? I fucking blacked out, woke up. I just, all I remember is just waking up. How long have you been drinking? Up until that point, you, did you just? Oh well, you you know how the King's Cup goes, right? Where oh like, yeah, you're pulling cards, and every card it, it has a function. Yeah. So, I just remember swigging Hennessy, we're having a good time, talking shit, you know, just. <laughs> and that's what I love about Singing, hanging out. Yeah, because yeah, it was me, it was Flo, who else was there? Cesa, Blada, Tanel, like just uh, hella people. Yeah, yeah, hella the people was there. We was you know just having a good time, and then. All I remember is waking up on the couch and like just, just hella giddy, right? Just, yeah. I was sleeping, sitting up, and I had a giddy and woke up, and I was like, the sun was out. <laughs> and I was looking around, and I was like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> I, and, and, you know, it's just one of those times where I woke up, I don't remember shit. And usually when I drink, even if I'm faded, I yeah. still remember. You still you remember. Know, like I got good, you know, recollection of what happened the night before. Right, right. I didn't remember shit. Then my brothers was talking shit, saying, oh, they did this and they did that to me and they made me run down the street with my shirt off. I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't yeah. believe that. I feel like, yeah, it probably was. I kind of I remember, like, being passed out on the kitchen floor. Yeah. Uh, I think I was uh, throwing up in the sink. And um, I was just looking. There, there was some pictures, right? They had fucking proof and evidence. Yeah. And... Um, Fucking flow, <laughs> fucking flow. She, there's a picture of um, me. I'm at the sink. I got. I'm stuck out. Like I, I look so fucked up, and flow's cracking up. And she, and there's a picture of her putting a 
a tampon in my fucking nose. <laughs> I said, Damn, Flo. I said, Flo, that shit better not be fucking used. It was busting up. It wasn't used. Okay, it wasn't used. Oh, okay. It was just one she probably had in her back pocket. I don't know. <laughs> Damn, Flo. Oh my sister oh, Flo. Man. Oh man. That's thank you for asking that question because yeah. that's the fucking memory that came right into my head. I was just thinking about her the other day too. And so that, uh, that moment, that was fucking hilarious. And then there was pictures of me passed out on the kitchen floor. I bet everybody I, was paparazzi that Yeah, day. they was fucking me up. They was fucking me up. But Were you, you know, not did you knock out early? Was it early in the night? I don't know. Uh, you I don't, don't remember. I huh? was not. I was not coherent. <laughs> I was inebriated as fuck. Dang. That's what you. I was under the influence. Yeah, you were. I was fucked. Well, thank up. God you were home. Yeah, right? yeah. Thank God I was home. Thank God I was with you know people that love me that won't that allow you to bag. look messy. But they'll. But they'll fuck with me. Yeah, they'll. And you know that's a it's a beautiful thing, right? Like right. I, I I didn't wake up the next day and I was I wasn't pissed off. I was kind of mad because I was like. Did I really run down the fucking street with my shirt off? Because I, hell no. You got me fucked up. Hey, that be happening, though. (laughs) Yeah, with some drunk motherfuckers. They always just love to take their shirt. Oh, my gosh. Females and males. My brother Bleeder, man. That motherfucker just love to be free, okay? He loves to set them them middies free every time he's drunk. (laughs) Midi free. (laughs) You know what middies are? No. They're man titties. It's, it's man plus Ooh. man plus titty equals midi. Okay. <laughs> man titties. But, middies. but that moment was good though. You know, like I didn't wake up pissed I like off. That I story. woke up and I laughed because that's Was the hangover real? I, surprisingly I wasn't hungover. I just you know, I no. was I was hanging. You know, I wanted just greasy food and a, yeah, yeah. a nice big soda. Yeah. But it was a it was a really good time and it's something I always laugh at and it was just hilarious because it's like this motherfucker gonna put a damn tampon damn tampon in my nose. nose, girl. You got me good. Oh, I love Shout you, my to sister Flo. Flo. Rest in love. Oh, I see these stories right here. It's gonna remain forever. What about your drunken moments? My, my drunken moments. My drunken moments short, but I remember going out uh, a few years ago. With my girls, we came back from the club. It was like three or four. Is this when you had your bottoms, the grill? Yeah, it's when I had my grill. <laughs> hey, you looked this sick. I seen the <laughs> old school bottoms. video. You had the bottoms and your hair. I was like, look at Bix. Look, look at me trying to be all East Oakland. Oh, but, gutter. Um, um, yeah, we got, we got back from the club about three or four in the morning. We were all just up. We just pulled up to the house. It was me and my homegirl, Sia. We were sitting in the back and then two of our friends that drove us home. And we were already shit-faced drunk in the back. I was kind of passed out. Mm-hmm. And as uh, the driver, I forgot who the driver was, as the driver was waking up, my my friend Sia, who was right next to me to my left, she was, she was getting up. And I was kind of conscious. I was kind of awake, but she was she was she was sobering up and waking up before me. And right when she like got up, she threw up all on the side of my <laughs> face and hair, bruh. That mm. like I went from like hella drunk to sober real fast. And I have a weak stomach, so when I caught that and I'm looking at, it, I was hella mad. And then I started getting weak, and then I ended up throwing up on her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I threw up right back at her, cause not even in payback. It was just cause I was so disgusted. My hair is all in up, and I'm like, oh, you fucking bitch. <laughs> it was the nastiest thing ever. We both went in. The whole back seat was just all throw up. We Ugh. both had throw up. She had see, with her. She caught throw up in her mouth. I just had it on the side of my face. 
<laughs> but it was just like she threw up on me. I was hella fit. I was like, and then so I was like, you fucking bitch. Drunk I have ass. a weak ass stomach, so I, if, if I see throw up, if I see shit, yeah. uh, man, I'll throw up off top. So that's like my craziest story. Is like, man, <laughs> you throw up on me, just be ready. <laughs> just be ready for some shit. It's going to come. Y'all cool? Y'all cool still? Yeah, we're still cool. We're, we're still sisters. We're still sisters. That's right. We're going to take that down to you know, the grave. That's going to be a memory. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a memory. memory. Like, remember you threw up on me and you thought I... Y'all real sisters now. Yeah, we're real sisters. But... <laughs> I mean, those are good memories. You know, like, those yeah. are good memories for alcohol. I mean, we don't condone, like, just having those moments. But, you there's know... Also bad, there's also those bad moments. Yeah, too. there's a lot of bad moments to it, you know. And, yeah. like, those are just one few of the, our good stories but but i think you know that's the thing with alcohol is that like it it's just like our emotions right it's a roller coaster and absolutely it's a turn of the um the wheel right it's like yes. it's like roulette mm. you know you spin that thing and it's it could be good a good experience or a bad experience and i think just thinking back to this um idea of depending uh dependency on substance, right? Dependency on alcohol, being, right. being reliant on it, that that's when it begins to be damaging. And it, it hurts, you know, to think about that and to have this conversation because there are there are a few family members that I could just, you know, I know off the top of my head that right. I think about when we're having this conversation because they mm. are reliant on alcohol. They are alcoholics they are you know like they have their moments where they're they're clean and then they relapse right right and and you know some have gone to jail some have gone through programs um and it, and then you just also see the harm and the and the destruction mm-hmm. caused by it and you know f- like relationships and right and it's hard because sometimes all we could do is just be there, you know, be there for those that are impacted. Because the 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 individual themselves, right? They're dealing with what they're dealing with, right? right? And, and this is this is the substance that they rely on to cope, right? Yeah, and it impacts other people along the way, and you know, like. The, then it just then it just becomes this um generational curse right because right. those folks could easily turn down the same road mm-hmm. you know and i mean even just thinking about my personal experience i grew up around alcohol mm. you know and my, you know when um my grandma drank my mom and all my aunties drank our house was like the party house right Especially because we used to live across the street from the park um, in San Francisco, where they had Samoan Flag Day. Oh, so it was Geneva always, Park. Yeah, yeah, it was always it's Crocker Park. It's oh, always just wow. a turn up, right? It was always just a turn up, a good time at the house or at the waters. Woo! <laughs> 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 oh. oh, you took it back. <laughs> um, but but there was always you know just a good time. Um, there was a fa- always always a lot of family over. Mm. You know, food, but always alcohol. Always alcohol. Everybody yeah. always drinking, right? And there's always good times, and then there's you know some not so good times. Yeah. That things you know that things come up when alcohol is involved. I feel like this is a conditioned way of being 
in every setting, in every Samoan house, Tongan house, even Fijian households that I've been to yeah, or yeah, gatherings. Pe- yeah. It's like people we, of color. Yeah, we can never drink just to celebrate, have fun, and be cool. We gotta it's like we only know how to drink to get fucked up. We don't know Say any that other again. way. Say that. We only know how to drink to get fucked up. That is the goal. That's Man, the goal. That's the goal, right? Because when I was drinking with, with with some uh with some of my folks, right? You know, in uh in in spaces where we work together, right? And you know, folks were drinking differently. You know, like just drinking what what you would think is responsibly, right? Just having a few, yeah, not getting too messed up or right. whatever. And I would just look at them like, "What's wrong with y'all?" Yeah, y'all drinking like some suckers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like mm. just, just uh, because I've been conditioned to, you know, think like, oh, you can drink people under the table. That means you, 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 you know, like you're the shit. You got right. clout. You got status. You're somebody special because you can drink somebody under the table. You can drink until the sun comes up. You could drink for a few days and go on a binge. Um, Come on, which is a skill. You know, it's like a thing that we kind of glorify right? right that we kind of right. elevate in in our spaces and I, i'm not lying or i'm not I, I would be lying if i say that i don't still do that right and still feel that way right um i'm i've thought about why do i do that but hey it, it's just what i do right. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm mindful right like right. i don't try to follow people yeah. or like you know uh pressure them right right um but it is a condition it's because a condition. the goal was always like we drink to get fucked up. That's not, it. Not just to point blank. Period. Have a nice taste. Or, yeah. You know, like have a little buzz and then that's enough. There no. is no stop. There's no stop. Yeah. And it's like it'll go from the club. Let's all go back to there's more drinks at our house. And then finish at eight in the morning because they already had some some bottles and some cases over there. And it's like. What in the world is happening? When we were younger, because I, I, I started drinking early. Mm. Like I said, you know, I grew up around alcohol. So yeah. I, I remember talking shit saying, I think at seven years old, I already knew that that uh, Southern Comfort went with 7-Up because that's, mm. what, that's what my mom and all my aunties were drinking. So whenever they needed, I just knew that that's what that's it was. That's that top shelf, that Southern Comfort. Okay. That ain't no damn top shelf. Is that top shelf? Is it? I don't know. You're a bartender, so yeah. let me shut the fuck up. <laughs> But I just knew that I just knew that shit, right? And I think there's a picture of me as a baby where I was taking a sip of beer, mm. you know, and just um, just being <laughs> baby. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, it's not. I I don't I don't uh, I I don't feel like it. That was bad parenting, you know. Like right. I, I I don't I don't. Um, that was just a scene in Menace's society, so it's <laughs> I don't point the finger, I don't condemn, you know, my 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 family right. uh for the way I came up. I actually celebrate it and love it and appreciate it. That's just the way, you know, it was. But that but I also right. know that there's uh there's repercussions to Absolutely to being exposed to that kind of thing. So anyways, yeah. I drank uh, at a very young age and so when we were probably when we were underaged, right, right, and we couldn't, um, we couldn't actually get into the bars or get into the clubs. We could buy alcohol from certain spots in the hood, right, and then we would go, <laughs> we would get the drink, and then we would go drink at the park, and then once we was done in at the, the butt par- ass cold, we, pff, hella cold, <laughs> bro. 
when we would be done at the park, then we would take it to the waters. <laughs> And then we were at the waters until the sun comes up, and then we would, you know, we we know that when it's six o'clock, we can go get some more drink. Right. Go get more drink. Keep, you know, it's just yeah. like this, this, this whole thing of like conditioning. Getting fucked up. It was. Jeez. It, it was a lot. Yeah, and it's it's. Um, I feel like the culture as a whole like universally like the culture is like it's 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 gotten worse because now like musically you're hearing i could drink it out the bottle you know it's like yeah. now it's like we're just pe- young kids just drinking out bottles now nobody's even kind of tastefully like just having a mixed drink or whatever mm-hmm. it's just like now it's just everything's out the bottle everybody's chugging you know uh, shit and i'm i'm i was guilty of it too is just chugging hennessy you yep. know shots of hennessy H- cognac is meant to be sipped you know exactly and we out here out the bottle fuck a glass right right (laughs) that's what we see that's what we hear yeah Yeah, it's a part of the culture right right like to to get down in that kind of way right like doing that makes you Mm -hmm. popular or it makes you somebody who is worthy of like yeah it's like there's no other way to drink it but out the bottle so right and so in this, I mean, you know, just thinking about all this shit with alcoholism, alcoholics, um, you know, substance, uh, dependency, like all of this shit. Thinking about the emotional drinking, right? How we talk going, about that going one back quick, to, yeah. you know, just how you were talking about you were dealing with some shit and yeah. you, you turned to alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. Like. There are so many of our folks, right? And and I, again, can name people off the top of my head that, like, get very emotional when they drink because they have no other outlet to let that shit out on, right? To the point where it becomes, like, every time we drink, it's always about some shit. Like, some shit always comes up. Some, you know, some healing and some tears, like... And it's not even like in a way where it's venting, blame, everything. Yeah, all of that. Like, just all of this um, fucking pain and hurt. It comes out when the alcohol, you know, comes out. Comes in. Yeah. It comes in. Yeah. Yeah. When they take in the alcohol, all the fucking emotions come out, and it's and it's or just the stuff that's been bottled up. Yeah. Yeah. All the shit that's been bottled up, and it's like. Fuck, man! I just can't. I can't stand being around that person. Right. I can't stand. I don't want to drink with with, with no these, messy ass with these yeah. people anymore because they're emotional and they're crying all the time. And you yeah. know, some people who some people who may not cry uh, or get emotional, like they're still emotional drunks because they get violent, right? Facts. Hell, there's always some drama. You know, always. With I remember back in the day, you know, it's like it's not good to be around. Uh, Samoans or Tongans or yeah. whomever, especially when alcohol is involved, because then motherfuckers start wanting to fight each other, mm-hmm. kill each other, and it, it just gets very violent. Yeah, there's there's a lot of all in all a lot of bent up shit that people ain't able to get out unless they take a sip of that yeah. courage juice. I wish we had, you know, next time we'll have, uh, you know, a licensed clinician to kind of come in and kind of give us like some like, you know, professional advice on this. Like, what can we do to help, you know, in in uh, like for somebody who's who deal who cannot deal with their emotions well. So they go to drinking, you know, like, yeah, I think the best we can do 
is like go off of our experiences and the things that we've we've been exposed to as far as like work and stuff. So like, you know, um, one of the uh, things that is common around my circle is um, emotional drinkers. Yeah, me too. Everyone is just just all emotional drinkers, either having a bad breakup or in a bad relationship Mm. or their job just sucks or just... You know, like their kids are just overwhelming and they go and run to alcohol. And the minute the alcohol sits, every malicious word comes out of their mouth, you know. And yeah. <clears throat> and it's obvious. It's like you can tell already that, man, this is more than this. This right here requires not alcohol. It requires a therapy session, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's it requires like, a lot. It requires a lot. It requires not a, just one session. Exactly. Or it, it, it better yet, it requires like you didn't need alcohol. You needed a good friend to go home to go sit and talk to. You know, yeah. and you needed something. You know, not everything is the therapy. You know, you, you just needed a good homegirl to just go sit and chop it up with and 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 un, be undone and just vent like. But some people don't have that. Right. Or, or or they they don't want to do that because then they become vulnerable. That right? part. And, and and I think alcohol is is the um the crutch mm. that we can use to be able to do that, right? Because you know, talking to a friend about I mean, yeah, we should all have someone who we could uh get get at in that kind of sense, right? Be a confidant. Right, right. Um that we could talk to, but Sometimes it's hard for folks to even open up like that. And there's such a stigma with being so open or even seeking professional help, you know, because some people probably need treatment, different different kinds of treatment. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think of a young man. Uh, I know he was from Sunnyvale. His name is um, Sefa. Um, he was, when was he? He was in his early twenties when he passed, mm. but he was partying with his family in East Palo Alto, uh-huh. and um, just they were partying and drinking again, like they drink to get drunk. Yeah, and um, his, I guess his ride had left, and he noticed that he was just him, like he had no other ride home. So without anybody supervising him, because everybody else is drunk. Yeah. He walked, he left the house, walked, and somehow found his way on the freeway. And as he was walking on the freeway, going against traffic, or going against it, um, there he was kind of, there was a big rig coming. Oh, shit. And that big rig and a drunk guy named Sefa ended up, that big rig ended up running him over. It was like a really, really sad, tragic story. And this guy, this young kid, he's again, he's in his early 20s. I know he was a guy that always partied with his boys, loved life. You know, he was a great kid. Yeah. But just that one night, he just had a really, really drunk night. Um, his ride left, and he, I don't know how in his head, he just felt like he could just walk on the freeway. And, you know, in that walk, you know, just sadly, a, a big rig just kind of just. Yeah. And we lost him to alcohol. Yeah. You know, he, he wasn't conscious of what he was doing, but alcohol. But somehow you're conscious enough to walk to the freeway. It confuses me because I do that shit, too. Like when I when I had a blackout moment, yeah. it's like they tell me, like, you know, you did this. You know, you went up to this. I did. 
It's like, you know, you're I'm really, sh- you're really, um, your inhibitions right. are, are really exposed, yeah. uh, you know, because alcohol lets down all those. Yeah. And fly high, fly high to Sefa, you know, rest in peace to a young kid who lost his life at a, such an early age, you know, and it's sad, you know, because of alcohol, you know, and yeah. It's these these stories are you know stories that we share because you know we have a lot of youngsters out there that have blackout moments that end up doing things like driving, yeah, you know, drunk. And again, I hate to say this, but I have been guilty of that too. Me too. You know, and by the grace of God, I have made it from point A to point B yeah. safe. I I don't know how. Like literally, every time I end up in my car and I just sit there parked. I, I mean, even though my park's all crooked and not right, I just be like, "How did I make it here?" And yeah. thank God I am here. You know, it's like. But we can't rely on that every time, right? No, like, not we, at we all. Have to be, we have to be more responsible yeah. right and these are stories that we don't share on for some cool points yeah not at all not at all we're sharing these stories as like hey you know we're living testaments of like one we we can we can we can attest you know we can like we can identify with you guys we with can own those up who, yeah we, we can, can own up, up and identify to the fact that we fucking you know got behind the wheel but it's not something we're proud of at not all because you know just when you were giving that statistic about how how many people die by uh, drunk drivers, right? Like, yeah, forty percent. That could have easily been us. We could have easily contributed Easy. to that fucking um, that statistic. So, all of this, you know, all of this part of the conversation, what we're saying is, is that we all need to be more responsible yes. when drinking. Do not drink and drive. Do not get behind the uh, wheel of the car. Get an Uber. Leave your car there and then go or back have, and pick that shit up. Have a designated driver. Have a designated driver. Speaking of designated driver, right? You know, back back when I was really young and dumb, uh, was I would I would say I'm the DDD. No, <laughs> the the drunk drunk designated, designated driver. driver. That ain't cool. Don't be that motherfucker either. Okay. You cannot be that person. I remember one time my brother was getting at me. He was like, "Hey." Don't be fucking drinking and driving. Da, 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 da. I remember looking at him like, but you do the same shit. Right? You know, don't get that, bro. If anything, I drive better. You know what? <laughs> but still. Right, yeah. All that to say, you know, don't, I mean, I know, you know, when we could be young and we think we got shit under control. That's facts. You know, we don't, bro. Too many, too many lives. And it's hard to kind of argue against somebody who's hella drunk that says, "I got it. Give me my keys. I know how to drive. Yeah. I'm good." It's like yeah. I've I've argued with a lot of drunk people. It's like, no, you cannot drive. Give me yep. your keys. I'm taking you home. Get you know, it'll turn into a real ass fight. Yeah, we can uh, <laughs> we can fight. And sometimes that's how that's why it got to get violent because motherfuckers don't know how to act and don't know how to take no and don't know how to be responsible and think about, okay, this person loves me. This person doesn't want me to get behind the wheel of a car. I'm I can't drive. I'm fucking fucked up. You know, it's they, they see it as like you telling them what they can do, so they want to do it more. And it sucks that it has to be that way, but, right? But you know, it's just it's the things, right? Like these right. things that we have to deal with with alcohol and yeah. you know being involved. See where I am right now with alcohol, um, like I'm so beyond that whole. I mean, one I was never like a big alcohol drinker so I was I was very much a social drinker and that's like occasionally 
So like where I am now, it's like anytime I see somebody, especially my family that struggles with alcoholism, I like have like initiated and like every meeting and conversation to try to navigate through that conversation of like, you know, why do you need to drink more than this? You know, yeah. just to have that little conversation is working. I mean, it's not helping yet because they're still drinking like more than they should. But these little steps that I'm taking of just wanting to reach out because I want them to know that, you know, like I do I do see that it's affecting you. It's affecting your family. Like, right. and, you know, like I'm trying to like figure out what's, you know, what what is it that you need? What, if you, what if can you, we do? If I can help you with this, I'll help you with this. If I can, if you need to go here, I need to go here. I'll provide whatever. But like some people need that extra like that extra reach. And I'm talking about more from my experience. Yeah. Like, a lot of my family members that I that I know that really struggle with, I just go out there and reach because I feel like if I don't reach them now, I don't want to regret if I lose them. Right. Like the whole uh, the whole thought of like, why didn't I just tell them? Why didn't I say this? You know. So I want to make sure, like, as they're living and as they're uh, still kind of stuck in their you know little habit like you know I want to do my best you know not to be the savior but to be somebody that can give them some type of information that will hopefully give them a wake up call you know and those are just some of the little tools that I'm trying right now it's not working yet but I'm hoping it does you know and hopefully we can get to the point where we can support folks in a way where we could go check out like a AA meeting with them you know yes like let's go let's go sit at yeah, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, and just hear stories from other folks. Right, hear other people share their, you know, their experiences because there is, there is healing in that. There, right. is, there can be resolution in yeah. that. Yeah, and I think something that, at you know, at the end of the day, thinking about underage drinking, emotional drinking, you know, um, generations of uh, of alcohol alcoholics or alcoholism and families and it being passed down all of this all of this is 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 to say that like there are root causes of why yeah you know so many of us you know will turn to the bottle right and the the best thing that we can do for ourselves is to do that 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 hard work of unpacking like what are the the root causes of me doing this. Absolutely. Right? Because it all ties back to uh emotions. Not Absolutely. not okay, I can't I can't fucking put it in a box, right? Because there are people out there who do drink responsibly and right. do drink as a as a reward. Right? But I think just from my own experiences, drinking has been the tool, the mechanism to cope mm. with trauma. Right? Right? Facts. Uh, because so many folks have been, you know, violated. Yeah. Have been, um, you know, sexually abused. Right. Um, you know, may have gone through, you know, maybe have not had the best parents or no right. parents at all. You know, just right. like there's so many issues, so many reasons why. And all we can do is figure out how to get to the root of what these things are to address it so that we can completely heal so that that. we can get to a point, you know, because I feel like folks could get to a point where if they want to drink, they can drink responsibly or if they, 
you know, having to get fucked up one time or whatever, like it, it's still it can right. still be cool, containing it doesn't need to be this e- all these emotional outbursts of right. like, violence and sadness yes. and and um pain. You yeah. Know? Uh, but just yeah, root cause, right? Like yeah. let's get to the root. Let's get to the, I didn't even get to even ask some of the questions I asked. What do you think what's your opinion on underage drinking in our culture? Oh man. As somebody who drank <laughs> a lot underage and, right. and I passed, you know, or it, I, it could have been that I passed and looked old enough to buy the drink or maybe just cause, you know, getting it from the hood liquor stores. But yeah, um, I don't know. Just thinking this is, this is totally weird, but in game of Thrones, right? Cause I'm a big game of Thrones <laughs> fan. You know, there was scenes where, uh, in the beginning, in the first season, right, like the the Starks, what they would be sitting down to dinner, and you know, like the kids would have like a, a cup of of wine, just one cup, you know, and some some of the kids didn't like it, some did, right, but they were able to um, partake in it because it was just it was just something that they did. I guess I don't know if that was normal to the time, right, but just being able to have them exposed and, and taste it, you know, yeah. Maybe there could be just maybe having conversations like that with your family about alcohol or or um, I don't know. I feel like it can it can be okay because I I think I was young too, drinking with with some of my family like my like older cousins, right, aunties and uncles. I didn't necessarily drink with my mom and them, but you know it was kind of like. I was okay because I was with family, mm. and so I don't know. It, I don't. I don't really know where I stand with underage drinking, just because I was underage and I drank. Yeah, you were um, underage. But probably, I, I. I don't know. I think it wouldn't be. It, it depends on the situation, you know, because if it's like young people all out together, right, and they're out drinking and being irresponsible, right. Then that's not okay because they they could be in harm's way and not you know they could cause harm or they could be harmed and mm. I wouldn't want that and so something one of my uh, older cousins told me once when I was young was that her brother told her if you go so, if you go out somewhere and you go drinking yeah and you look to your left and your right and the people who you're with, you don't know if they'll have your back or not. Right. Just even, and that means not just about like fighting or whatever, but even if you get so drunk that you won't be taken care of or looked after. Yeah. If you, if you can't rely on them or depend on them, don't drink. Mm, you know what I mean? Because that's good. being young, right? Like you could, the goal could be to get fucked up. Yeah. And you don't know what's happening. You know, somebody could drug your shit, put a roofie in there and, take off with you you know and there's so many there's so many um you know like sexual violence violent acts that happen because of alcohol with underage people so i don't know my thoughts it just all depends but it all depends yeah as long as we could be responsible yeah yeah you know what i i'm probably on the same boat i don't really know how to feel with um underage drinkers you know because there's a lot that i come across you know from my own home you know a lot of my family nieces Mm, and nephews so you know and and i see them drink responsibly because they're doing it with 
family events in a garage, but you know, it's it's a it's a tough thing to pass by and you know, and kind of just kind of witness them just super turning up because they are doing it the way that the generation before me has done it, you know, drink yeah. it till you're blackout, you know? Yeah. And for them to do it at that age is just I don't know. Especially it's, if it's, they're it's tough for me. If they don't know how to act, then it's all bad. Yeah. If you don't know how to act, don't fucking do it because yeah, you know, people could be aggressive. People could be uh, real macho. You yeah, know? just 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 a lot of unnecessary. Yep, unnecessary shit. You wanted so. to be more daring and more just risky. Yeah, just want to drive drunk, thinking it's cool, and it's just you know, yeah, it's just the I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. I don't think it's okay, but you know what? Families and friends who have underage. Uh, youth that drink just you know you guys set your own restrictions and boundaries and you know safeties around them you know make sure that they are in a safe place I wish I could stop it but none of them are my kids you know so it's like one I can't stop them because they're all like about like you know in the middle you know high school early uh, young adults so it's like you can't really stop them because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But all you can do is just really support them. Yeah. And not even support them with the conversation of alcohol. Support them just because they're people and they're your family, you know? I, I remember having some folks, you know, growing up, like their their parents were cool with it as long as we were at the house and we didn't go nowhere because it can be controlled. Right. And, you know, th- those are the houses that we always like to go to because we <laughs> could drink there and be cool. Yeah, be safe. You know, and I think, like, it could be that, too, but... it. It's all about being responsible at the end of the day, right? Yep. Drinking responsibly is is crucial. Right. Because the way that I'm trying to look at drinking now is to have it as a reward. Mm-hmm. You know, and not as a as a need to right. to to get through something, right? Like if I had a if I had a long week or if I completed a project you know it'd be nice to go out and celebrate and have have a drink right and and that's and, okay and, and have a good time yeah right. it'd be cool like right like the 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 thing with drinking is that like it should be a reward and it should be a way of yeah. celebrating responsibly right like, we're, as long as we're not causing harm to ourselves or others then it's good and that's just a form of discipline that we all have to practice, you know? Yeah. That, like, one, two, three drinks and stop, you know? That's a practice because, trust me, it took a while from when I was coming out of my hard season. It took me a while to finally bring it down to, like, oh, I'm good with this, you yeah, know? Yeah, So, yeah, in closing, just, you know, if anybody out there that is uh, feeling that, you know, this is something that they can identify with if you're dealing with alcoholism or even just, you know, any form of what we call substance dependency, reach out to us. We would like to help you guys, whether it's helping you with resources or send, or giving you guys some of the hotline numbers that we know out here in the Bay Area. Um, maybe if you tell us where you're from, we'll probably look up some hotlines in your area as well. But uh, our email is for the cultures F O R. T-H-E-Q-U-L-T-U-R-E-S at gmail.com. Please reach out to us. Also find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook for the cultures. Um, yeah, DM us. Please reach out to us. Even if you feel like you want to just share your stories with us, you know, we, we would love to just hear you out. 
give you whatever we can or lead you to somebody who can help you. But please don't ever feel like you're alone when it comes to something like this, because this is really heavy. And being how this is Alcohol Awareness Month, we want to bring awareness to our people because it is important to drink responsibly, but at the same time, enjoy yourselves, you know. So um, I don't know if, Danny, if you want to add anything to that. Um, uh, no, I, I think just going back to what I said about like you know us getting to the point where we can look at what the root causes are. Yeah. If if we're drinking in a way that is uh, how we're coping with things, right? Yes. Coping with our traumas and coping with our experiences. Like, yeah. let's get to the root. Yeah. You know, and it's Absolutely. not going to be easy. It's it's hard work. Healing is hard work. Absolutely. I feel like when people think of the word healing, they think it's like this beautiful, perfect, you know, rainbow. But healing is very hard work, but it's worth it because absolutely, we deserve it. And we yeah. deserve to heal. We deserve to live. So, yeah. yeah. And you know what? You, you've never even shouted out your healing paint that's coming up. Maybe that's a good tool for people to go out and be a part of. Oh, shit. Yeah. So um, thanks for the reminder, partner. Yeah. Um, so. The Pacific Islander Initiative is putting on this uh, program, project. We're going to figure out what it is. Right, yeah. Um, but are you familiar with uh, these different spaces that exist, like um, Sip and Paint, mm-hmm. Trap and Paint, right? So yeah. it's like this, you know, folks come out, they get together, they have some wine, and they do painting. Right. Um, we're taking that same idea and turning it into something we're calling Heal and Paint. I love it. Where we're coming together to have, you know, conversations about how um, we, you know, we may experience uh, mental health challenges, mm. right, with just life and so many other things, right? right. Just, just trauma. Ha- trauma, right. yeah. Just having a space where we can uh, engage in dialogue and have conversation. And then from that, we're going to get into creating art. Nice. Um, or the creative arts, right? And right. Because painting is very uh, therapeutic. Right, right. And, and can be a tool to, like, help de-stress. And, yes. And uh, channel energy. And you don't even have to be a good painter, right? You don't even have to be an artist. You nice. Just, you know, like, just come together and just create. Because whatever you create is is beautiful, you know? Um, and so we have uh, two sessions available. This first one we have coming up April 26th which is a Friday. It's um, This healing paint session is going to be dedicated to our young adults. Nice. Or as they call them, uh, transi- transitional Tr- youth, age youth. youth. Tay. So the Tay population. Right. And uh, what age group is that? So that's ages 16 through 26. Nice. Uh, our event is uh, Welcome Pacific Islanders. Yeah, nice. Um, and we're looking for, you know, just our young people to come out. This space is for them. Let's 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 chop it up about the challenges we deal with and let's let's create right yeah. let's tell our stories so um if you're interested and you fit the description please register for this event at healingpaint.eventbrite.com uh we'll, we'll also throw the flyer up um on our page and then again that's friday april 26th from 5 to 10 Yee. And then we have another session on May 3rd, which is in partnership with Journey to Empowerment, which will be from 6 to 10. And we'll also throw up the flyer for that one that has all the logistical information. So 
And the wonderful and talented Tish will be facilitating yes, this, Tisha right? Yes, Tisha Inc. Shout out to hey. Tisha Inc. She will be uh, our facilitator for all the Healing Things sessions. Come on. Yeah, she's a dope Fijian artist um, from out here. So really looking forward to holding this space and building community. Nice. Thank you. Closing again. It's Alcohol Awareness Month. You guys help. Let's all help each other. Keep each other accountable and uh, be conscious of uh, this month. All right. Be safe. Have fun. And uh, before we get out of here, though. Yeah. Yeah. How you going to take care of yourself, Bex? Man. How am I going to take care of myself? You know what? I need to eat better because real, real talk. I went from like extreme vegan early two months of this year to like major carnivore <laughs> so like i'm talking about i'm pulling up at wendy's give me that double burger large fries like i'm i've been eating pretty bad lately yeah i could dig it no you cannot dig it it's bad i can't bad. dig it i've been eating bad too shit dang it you know all we could do is just add some greens like know? what some lettuce or burgers. Not to the burger, but <laughs> to your meal. <laughs> I do. No, I do. I need to start eating in. salad. That's what's up. Yeah, me too. I need to I need to do that. Start eating better. I need to I don't know. I'm still gonna eat what I want, but I'm right. gonna you know, add some uh fruit to my day, some okay. salad. Uh, I need that. And still get in the exercise. And and also like not consume so much. Yeah. I haven't been consuming so much, but you know, just instead of uh, instead of crab legs and shrimp, I'm just gonna get the crab legs, <laughs> <laughs> the king crabs. <laughs> Hallelujah! I'm just playing. All right, y'all. It's been real. Thank you for joining us today, this Monday. We hope you enjoy the rest of your week. We are signing off. It's been real. Peace, love, and happiness. Peace. What are we doing it for? We doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. For the culture.